But thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 196. Suns fan here with Cinderin. This episode brought to you by Manscaped. Uh-oh, Father's Day is right around the corner. You haven't gotten your dad anything yet? Don't worry. That's where the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped, come in. You and I both know he needs some serious grooming in his life, so grab your dad the Performance Package 4.0, and he'll thank you for helping him tame his beast. That's disturbing. It's a win-win situation for both mom and dad. Go to manscaped.com and use the code WESAYTHINGS20 for 20% off and free shipping. Nothing like taming the beast together. Yes. That's a... It's very good. So as always, we thank Manscaped for being a consistent sponsor for us, and you guys have helped them stay on board by actually purchasing some of their great products that we've talked about. They have a lot more other than the grooming of the testicular area. They got deodorant. They have body wash. They have chapstick. They have basically everything. It's kind of crazy. So go to manscaped.com and use the code WESAYTHINGS20 to help ensure that they can continue to sponsor this show. Also, thank you to our beautiful patrons, Mr. I love the NBA segment and would like more of it. Hi, I'm Cinderin, question mark. Sorry, I have to read whatever is on the teleprompter. Pepperballs, Charlie Cheen, T. Coyle, Q. Ludes, wishing everyone a great episode. Thank you. Thank you. Stupid Copilot, D2 Bowie, Lab Dota, Yatoro does it again, Cinderin. I can't stop playing Ability Arena this season. An ad. Thank you. Magdev wishes to shout out to the LGBTQ plus community within the Dota community. Happy Pride Month. Hashtag gratitude ad. Yes, indeed. Happy Pride Month, indeed. Dear Valve, marketing is a process of promoting products or services to create value for customers and drive business growth. Disco Farm D, the Mega Pope, and I'm happy to announce the international will be in New Zealand in 2024. TI in New Zealand. And thank you to Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, Zero One Ham Scroats, Bacon, Shark TM, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, Janie, Dop, Nothing to See Here, Underscore Man, Guitar Strings, Yves Remore, Ben Broomhead is booked for TI, Let's Go, Let's Go Ben, Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and Tardigrades are a resilient microanimal less than one millimeter long, can survive extreme conditions like space, radiation, and vacuum, Mr. N. Have you seen a picture of what they look like? So no, when he wrote this, oh yeah, when he wrote this, I'm like, I think I know which creature. I don't remember the name, but I looked it up and like, yeah, I know. I've I've actually read some stuff on it. It's kind of crazy. These things are basically aliens, very resilient. They look insane. Why don't you describe it for our audio listeners? Well, our uh, video as well, since we don't have it up anywhere. It looks like you took a bear. And then you made it very small, and instead of its face, you gave it a nozzle. Hmm. Tardy grades. Okay, I'm actually going to bring up a photo, and I will put it on the screen. <laughs> Part of me is like, these are kind of cuddly, actually. Uh, okay, why is this? Yeah, not? they're one millimeter long, so they're probably not cuddly. Well, you don't know that. You if can't, you, can't really see it even. You, you can almost. cuddle... Okay, what, what's going on with this stupid thing? Why can't I just drag it into OBS? Now this is becoming way more effort. Uh, let's see, try one more. Okay, it's literally not letting me drag for some reason. Why, why is this program so bad, Cinderin? Now, what it doesn't say right, about... Mind. I give up. I mean, they can survive all this cool shit, but how old do they get? I don't know. Apparently, they can when they die. I don't, okay, I don't know if this always happens. Sometimes they can go dormant, where they're basically dead, but not actually, and they can technically be reawakened many years later. Uh, I didn't look too into it though, but they they do look crazy. It's definitely like something from a fantasy series, except uh, they're they look micro. so much like a. It looks like a vacuum bag. This is so weird. They range from three to four months in. Lifespan apparently only so. Okay. Interesting. That I mean that's quite long for such a small Yes. Organism, I think. Yeah, true. Okay. The world's coolest bears. Okay. Uh NBA segment. We'll make this one somewhat quick for Cinderin. 
Mm. Uh, the finals right now, in case you're interested, Denver is up 2-1. So kind, Go of, kind of as expected. And the Suns have hired a new coach. His name is uh, Vogel. His last name is Vogel. Why can't I remember his first name? Oh my Vogel? God. Why can't I remember his first name? Frank. Frank Vogel. He was the last Frank coach Kobe. of the Lakers when they won the championship last, a few years ago. It was a race between him and our assistant coach and to be the head coach, that is. And the, the, the assistant coach that we have is like this young gun guy. His name is Kevin Young. And they didn't feel comfortable handing over the reins quite yet. But something interesting happened where he actually is now the assistant coach of our team again. That almost never happens where... Not only is he resuming duties on a different coaching staff, but he was he was in the running for head coach, and now he's still an assistant coach. He's staying on the new staff, so it's very unusual. And he's the most paid, the highest paid assistant coach in the entire league now. So mm. our owner does not care about the moolah. By the way, before we head on to the DPC, uh, our last coach who was fired got a ridiculous. He's the most. He's the highest paid coach in the NBA now. By the Detroit mm -hmm. Pistons, getting paid like seventy-five million over I don't know how many years, like four or five years, which is astronomical okay. for a coach. And it's one of those situations where the team is so fucking bad they had to literally give them everything they could to entice him, and they did. So congratulations to him. He's very rich. Nice. On to the DPC we go. So it's over. So we can talk about the teams that have actually qualified. You want to just go over each region, or yeah, like we usually do. do? Okay, go ahead. Let's Take just, it away. Uh, yeah, main story is Western Europe. Tundra seven zero. I feel like it's been a while since we see Tundra truly at the top of the leaderboard like this, but didn't drop a single series. Very impressive. Uh, their scoreline was fourteen and four, so they only dropped four games total. Um, second place, Gaming Gladiators five and two, so they're bleeding a little bit more. Maybe a sign of what's to come. And arguably the biggest surprise in many ways of Div 1, Quest got third. So that is a surprise and at the same time not so much. This is Orodu Thunders. They almost made the last season, mm. uh, the last major. They lost a tiebreaker for the last major. Uh, but this time around, they just clean up and go. Uh, in fourth, we have Liquid. So they also make it, but it was kind of close. Both teams four and three. Uh, OG and Entity stay in Div 1 with 3, 4, and 2, and 5, and relegated are D1 Hustlers, and again, Team Secret. 1 and 6 will be going to Div 2, so can no longer make it to TI with DPC points. If Puppy wants to be remain the only player to play every TI, he's going to have to find some... He's going to have to dig deep this season, as we've talked about. Yeah. Um, we'll see if he can pull that off. Considering there's no last chance qualifiers that we know of, right? Yeah, we. I mean, I don't know what the qualifier format is going to be, but I. I mean, you're right. It technically might be impossible, but I. I do think he will have one more chance. I'm no, no, sure. he'll. Yeah, he'll, the qualifiers are definitely going to happen, even though they haven't technically been announced. But oh yeah, like, true. And the qualifiers have all the Div One teams that didn't make it, right? Yeah. Plus some Div Twos. Yeah. Okay. But I so think for one. last chance qualifiers, I feel like they definitely would have announced them already. If it was going to happen, so. Well, it is. Valve, I don't know if that's true. So. I don't yeah. know if that is true that they would definitely have announced them yet. Really? Yeah. When did they I'm announce so them sure. last year? I don't know. Okay. Well, but they they could easily I could easily see them being announced in a couple of weeks or something. Okay. We'll see. Um, Eastern Europe, Team Spirit seven and zero, so they go lossless as well and. I think this is the first time I've ever seen this in a round robin. They won every series two to one. Hmm. Literally all of them. That's um, true. So they went the distance. The fans got some value for their money there in terms of game time. Um, second place, Bet Boom, 13 and 3 with a 6 1 scoreline. And then Nine Pandas, who got third at the major, also make it back again with a 5 and 2. Staying in Div 1 are Virtus Pro, Hydra, and One Move, and relegated are Namega and. Ukulele. Walekum Nihao, I think. That's something like that. Okay. China. 
Something I'm personally happy about is that Azure Ray made it. Uh, they won the tiebreaker against Extreme Gaming to get fourth. Azure Ray is the team with some very legendary Chinese Dota names such as Somnus, Chalice, and FY. Um, so they will be straight back at the major first try. Very good news for them. Yep. Uh, top three are PSG LGD, Invictus Gaming, and Aster. And relegated are Bright and Ares. And fortunately for all of the Piggy Killer fans out there, they will stay in Div 1, um, along with obviously Extreme that lost the tiebreaker. I still, I still don't understand the Piggy Killer name <laughs> and logo, but it's... It's good. I'm sure there's a story behind it. Don't question um, it. SEA, Bleed, Blacklist, and Execration make it. So is this the first time Blacklist makes the major? They've been starting out hot multiple DPC seasons, but I feel like they haven't made it. But this time they will. Yeah, I believe that is true. Um, and relegated are Boom, which is yeah. surprising and not surprising at the same time. But man, this, uh, this year has really swung around for them. It was a good start, but haven't been looking so hot lately. And the other relegated team will be Zergia. Maybe I'm pronouncing that poorly. Uh, Army Geniuses, SMG, and Talon stay in Div 1. But yeah, Talon don't make the cut this time. They've been kind of the the team from here for a bit, but now they get knocked down a bit. And obviously, worth naming Bleed, in case you aren't following that closely. Bleed, first place in the division, has Ice 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 in the offlane, making his comeback. Um, Ice Ice Ice, DJ, Dubu, Jackie, and Corden. So quite some names in there. Will be cool to see them at the major. And we have North America in a shocking. Okay, I said that really sarcastically, but it's actually not sarcastic. Shopify get first. Okay, nouns. Yeah, Shannon. nouns made it. I know they fucking made it this time, which fucks them. They beat TSM. Yeah. So did we talk about this last episode? We did not. Okay. And I don't know how much of this is 100% a thing or it's likely to be the thing. You know what I mean? Because the points are yeah. not finalized. We don't know how many points are needed to get to TI. But There is a mathematical scenario where Nouns winning here and going to the major, if they don't do very well at the major, they won't have enough points to get invited to TI. And they've locked TSM out of the possibility to get more points, which would have got them to TI directly on points. At which point, Nouns would have be needed, not needed to beat them in the TI qualifiers. Now, the worst case scenario here for Nouns is they go to the Major, they bomb out, and the threshold for getting invited directly to TI is so high that TSM don't have enough points. <clears throat> because then, only one of the two teams will get to go in the end. Um, mm. we'll, see, we'll see how that all pans out. But, I mean, either way, whatever ends up happening in the ultimate end, it's just... It's good to see Nouns finally, you know, finally getting that result in that W. Um, Can we talk about this for a bit? Or do you want to wait till mm. the end and then talk about this? What's this? I wanted to bring up a scenario and it might... I don't know how long it's going to take to talk about. Okay, let's, let's just do South okay. America first then. Oh, um, we did, you, but before you, we do that... Yeah, Bait. Relegated teams. Yeah, Alpha yeah. and San King Gomez get relegated and Bait... Stay by the skin of their teeth after playing, was it a three or a four round tiebreaker? A I don't three know. round tiebreaker. It was a lot. They Poor stay miracle. alive. And uh, Felt, Dog Champ, and obviously TSM that we already mentioned stay in Div 1. So yeah, Bait survived Div 1 by the skin of their teeth. And keep in mind, they were playing from Ukraine. So they must have had some seriously bad ping in the games, unless they were played on some sort of mixed basis where some of the games were on EU servers, but I don't think that would be the case. I think they are the team with the disadvantage in the rules. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm assuming every game was played on like US East, and <clears throat> as a result, probably had a little bit worse conditions than last time around, but they, they stick around, so good for them. Um, finally, South America. We thought it could get interesting with maybe Thunder waking, shaking things up, but no, when it was crunch time, look who it is. It's Beast Coast, and they make it again with EG. So order natural order has been restored. They both go six and one. Relegated are Balrogs and Infamous. And surviving will be Infinity, Mad Kings, Hokori, and Thunder Awaken. So that's that. Those are the teams of the major, which will be happening in Bali in July. Okay, so here's a scenario. I know this is not perfect because there's some Well, let's just talk about the scenario. Mm -hmm. So nouns. Right. Let's just create the scenario that if because they won, 
and they're going to be going to mm -hmm. the major. Okay, let me reverse this. Let's say they fuck. How do, what's the best way to actually? I'm just thinking of like from a perspective of me owning the team, right? Mm -hmm. As an owner, if it was guaranteed that if we lost mm -hmm. and did not go to this major, that we would be the team essentially that's going to TI. Like if it was set in stone that TSM by qualifying to TI because they go to the major, would you forfeit your match to ensure it? So are you asking are you asking me personally? I, I already know what you're gonna say. Right. But I think you can think outside the box of what people like what would be the smartest thing to do, right? Because I'm thinking if I owned a mm -hmm. team like obviously you're not gonna like go play and throw on purpose. I would never be okay with that. Forfeiting, I think, is different because mm -hmm. that makes it part like the the system is the issue in that case, right? Right. I think if it was that scenario where, I mean, you can look at it from another perspective as well. Them going to the major now, they're gonna gain a lot of experience. Maybe they do well. Who knows? But like, yep. that's a big if. But then if they don't qualify to TI through that, and TSM doesn't qualify to TI because of this, then they're both fighting over one spot. For mm -hmm. me, it's the safer choice in that you know made up scenario that you forfeit a match to ensure that you are that one team that's going to TI through the qualifiers eventually, which is still a slight risk because there's other teams. But we've talked about yeah. how bad NA is; like it's fucking shit show bad. So the the I think the kind of big asterisk there is there is that I don't think any of these teams feel safe in a qualifier. I don't think you ever should. Sure, you might be the favorites, you might be the overwhelming favorites, but let's say your chance of winning the qualifier is like 50%, which is really high for any individual team to win every second time, which might be the case for nouns in this region. Let's say one of the other teams has a good day. Let's say there's some roster shuffles. Let's say there's like a, a last minute team that comes together that is really good and gets, gets it rolling. You know, nobody thought OG was going to win the qualifier for TI8, and they just turned out to be the best team, right? They just came out of, or rather, not that nobody thought they were going to win it, but let me rephrase that. People definitely thought they were going to win, or they had a good chance, but they were pretty damn close along the way, even in the opens, mm -hmm. to losing a single game. And then the whole story is just written, you know, mm -hmm. and they never get to go, but they... People forget that because of the greatness, but I watched some of their open qualifier games and they could have absolutely lost um, and been out. So it's not safe. Um, I could definitely see cases or arguments for both. I could see the argument that you, you know, you finally get to go to the major, the team is pumped. You're obviously, you're ambitious as players, so you're always going to believe that you can win. And uh, you want to go and score as many points as you can, and you think if you're on a on a heater, you can get high enough to maybe get qualified on points alone. If not, there's like you said, the land experience, and you also have to believe that okay, you just beat TSM. If it comes down to it again, you can do it again, mm -hmm. right? You've you've proven that you can do it, and if you do your best, then yeah, that's true. And this that. So uh, I will say this is less of a conversation if TI mm -hmm. is different, if it's not the be all end all. But because it is, I think as a team owner, you're almost doing a disservice in this made-up scenario to not at least think about doing something like that you know yes so the reason this is such a big talking point in general is because ti dwarfs the entire year so hard that going to ti is more valuable than going to seven majors right so it's just by logic of the system, TI is so important that you can arguably sacrifice the entire year to go and it's likely to be worth it. Mm. If you if you told a player who isn't, you know, isn't one on one of the guaranteed quote unquote teams to go to TI, if you said to them at the start of the year, you don't get to play Dota all year pro, but you get to go to TI, it's a serious business proposition. That's mm. where the game is at. So the fact that that's the case obviously skews this way more than it could be. Uh, the major could be worth way more than this. TI could be worth less than this. And at the end of the day, TI would still be the biggest tournament and you would still want to go, but it wouldn't be this lopsided, right? Um, but it, it just is. Because getting getting last at TI pays the same as getting second at a major or something. Right. So And I, I do want to say, crazy. before we move on to the next topic, I, I'm really happy that Nouns have made the major because it yeah. makes NA just more interesting, I think. Agreed. And I like the yep. players announced a lot, so I don't want to make this conversation about, oh, they're not good enough to do well at the major. Who knows? We've seen so many teams come out of situations like this doing really well. Yep. I just thought it was a fascinating scenario. 
from like a team perspective because you know me when it Mm. comes to like i feel like i have a lot of integrity that to the point where it fucks me over a lot of times because i try to do things the right way but like a situation like this i would legitimately be like i think we need to forfeit some matches you know which is really freaking weird if you think about it yeah uh but anyway yeah, I thought that was an yeah, interesting topic. I, I think I think fi- final comment. If you think about it, with everything we've just said, even if you forfeited, you wouldn't be guaranteed to go to TI. If if that was the if that was what it was, guys, if you forfeit, you're going to TI. I think the conversation is very different from if you forfeit, you need to play a qualifier that you're the favorites for. Because mm-hmm. true, yeah, and obviously there's all the all the secondary things about you know the the. I think these players genuinely think they're on the up and that they can do it and that there's a good chance they'll be better than TSM and that this experience is going to help them. And if they're in it for the long haul and they're considering like the, the perspective of this to not just be locked to this particular season, there's obviously a lot of value for them in going to events and getting that experience so they can, over time, become stable top two if that's their goal um, in NA. So. Yep. Absolutely. But anyway, it is a very interesting situation, and the reason it is this extreme is that the the region is this lopsided. Because what if what if these three weren't significantly ahead of the fourth and fifth team? Then we wouldn't even be having the conversation. Because then we'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. you're going into the qualifier, but like Dog Champ, Felt, Bait, they could beat you any given day. I honestly still think they can, to be honest. And uh, to give Bait but, some credit, they did have to play from Ukraine, right? So their ping was yes. atrocious. And they just barely, like you said, made it to be able to stay in Div 1. So, yep. happy for Dondo. Yep, let's All go right. Dondo. Uh, okay, this next topic, I wanted to talk about your thoughts now that we're however many weeks out now on the new patch, if you like playing it. Because somebody actually brought up that you're not streaming. You haven't been streaming mm-hmm. lately. So, what do, what do you think? Because I have some thoughts as well. I, I haven't been playing very much Dota the last couple of weeks. Um, it's not the patch's fault, to be honest. Um, I'll say the experience that I've had with the patch in general, the thing that is discouraging me the most is just the quality of games, but that's not the patch's fault. It's just people. Um, and I think what I've realized is there's a lot of... This is just a, like... this is it, At the end of it, it's kind of a me problem, right? Where it's like, well, I should be able to enjoy the game regardless of the circumstances. Um, but... I just, <laughs> I just don't. If if the communication in the team is awful, or if people are throwing or not trying or whatever, it just really. Some people just truck through that like like nothing, especially pros, right? Because they, they have to, right? They're just working mm. around it. But, um, for me, I do think the patch is still really good. I think we have some outliers that are too powerful. I think after the buff to Universal Heroes, I feel like that's pretty. It's pretty clear that heroes like Magnus are just over the top, right? Uh, the pros all know it. You're seeing it in the drafts. So we went from the early two weeks of the patch where there was like 10 broken heroes or whatever you want to call it. Maybe, yeah, something like 10. And maybe now we're down to five, but the heroes that are overpowered now are kind of equally egregiously good, I would say. Um, so I think we need more time to truly balance the patch. As far as the flow of the game, um still would like to see Wisdom Runes changed. I feel like it's too important who gets it, and sometimes it's a bit up to chance, which I don't really like. Um, overall game flow, I, I think. I think I still have the the same like wish list that we talked about the last time we did with where you mentioned the Roche pits moving, which I would agree with. Um, that's kind of the main thing is the the Roche pits and. The wisdom runes. Aside from mm-hmm. that, I think it's pretty good, honestly. Um, and the the pro Dota is, I would say, pretty good quality. So I'm not really too concerned that the major is just going to be boring as shit. Or obviously, the thing that comes before, which we are flying to. You're flying later today, right? Yes. Uh, I'm flying tomorrow. We're going to cover nice. all of Dream League Season 20, for those of you unaware. So... We will be there casting for two and a half weeks uh, out of Sweden. So it's a long trip for Shannon. It's a short one for me this time. 
as usual in Europe. This time, <laughs> this time again yeah. and again. And well, again. if we if we get to go to TI, this time you get the short one. Yeah, and this will be another year I don't get invited, so it's fine. Yeah, now it's an NA. Now, now, it's an NA. now you're a brand risk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my um, my thoughts. It's not about the pro scene at all. I have zero comment on pro Dota. Mm-hmm. I can only speak for pubs, which I know maybe not as interesting to talk about, but I actually think at this point I'm not too big a fan of this patch, actually. Okay. It's been getting very repetitive and annoying. So talk about some of the smaller things. You talk about the Roche Pit, uh, Universal Heroes, I think just on average are too good. Yep. So that's you know that's easily easily changed via a patch. I think the main thing that's bothering me, and I don't I don't know if it's just my pubs or if other people are like on higher levels are running into this. It literally feels like I'm playing Heroes of the Storm. It's just brawl, 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 all the time. The first twenty minutes, mm-hmm. which at first is fun because for a combination of reasons. Number one. That type of gameplay is fun, inherently. And with all this new stuff, you're just trying all this new stuff, new heroes, you know, new fucking attribute, all these objectives. Like, I think a lot of it goes by the wayside where you're not really focusing on one thing inherently. But now that, you know, the terrain changes and all these objectives are kind of ingrained, like, okay, it's seven minutes, I gotta get the wisdom rune, you know, you have all this stuff. Now you can just play Dota. It's just too repetitive. It's like, and I'm not saying this can't be fixed via a patch, but I don't know what they would need to change because it really does feel like the first 20, 25 minutes is I'm playing here a different game entirely. It's just Heroes of the fucking Storm. And a little bit that that's okay. I just want some variety. I feel like I'm not getting mm-hmm. any variety in my games. So that's my huge complaint right now. But it's not like before, I, I just stopped playing Dota entirely with that last patch. Because it's just been two and a half years, just too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much of the same over a long course. I'm still playing all the time. So it's not like I'm hating my time playing, but I'm starting to realize every game feels the same and it's already extremely repetitive for me. But I don't know if that's isolated to me or if people are having the similar issues. I mean, I, I think whenever whenever a patch is gravitates too much to rewarding one singular playstyle. I agree. Then I think it's too like even if that style is the most popular one or whatever. I think we've talked about this previously on the podcast that what makes Dota a beautiful game is the whole sandboxiness of it. But if you make the sandbox so small that you can't really, which is ironic because the map is bigger than ever, right? But if one playstyle is just too powerful, then the whole exploration part of coming up with some sort of split push strategy or different way of playing or whatnot. If like, I don't, I wouldn't say pro Dota specifically follows the script you're talking about, but in pub games, it's a lot of the time people will play a simplified version of the game, right? Because it's hard to, first of all, either you don't understand the higher level of plays or it's hard to orchestrate it with random players that you never play with. Um, but I would agree, and I, I don't think this is a this patch problem exclusively, though. I think the last patch as well kind of fell victim to the same thing, but people just, because they played it for so long, ultimately were able to slightly deviate because it was so well understood how everything worked. And I don't think we're there yet with this. Um, so, But I, I would definitely like to see a bit more, like you said, variety. In overall pub gameplay um yeah and i've been a bit uh i don't know if discouraged is the right word i, I feel like they should be patching more often mm. because there's some things that and again i'm actually i think maybe they're following pro dota too much lately have you noticed that like the patches lately have been more catered to pros than to the casual crowd i feel like that has been the case but there's just like I some feel like obvious. That's kind of always been the case, no, hasn't it? Like the balancing always... of the game has always been primarily inspired by professional. No, of course. But now I feel like it's gone even further in that direction. Maybe that's just a personal thing. But I think there's certain egregious like balance issues that, like the Medusa issue. Yeah. Like that could have been fixed immediately. Hot fixed. Literally, no 
uh, change log necessary type of deal. Like nobody would have cared. Everybody would have been happy. But mm -hmm. like Universal Heroes are very stupid right now. Medusa, I think is. I mean, these are just my pubs. So who's to say? Probably just bad examples. But I don't know. The patch could definitely use some improvements, but still have fun for the most part. Other than first twenty five minutes being exactly the same as always. All right. Okay. Um, so from that, we move on to Counter Strike Two, which oh. has received an update, Cinderin. Yes. So, as you guys know, in the last time we talked about CS Two, I mentioned that. I couldn't tell if it was just me. Apparently it wasn't. It was everybody. Lost access to CS2. <laughs> so Valve make a big announcement. CS2 is going to be released in the summer, as we talked about before. They have a closed beta with I don't know how many people. It's not that many. And then it's only Dust2. They don't update it. Eventually the player numbers dwindle. They don't write anything. And eventually they remove everyone's access without saying anything. But now they've come out with an update that has re-added access, because I was afraid that it was just me or something. I can open the game and play it again, so that's great. So they've replaced Dust 2 with Mirage, so it seems like they're doing one map at a time. Uh, and one enormous change, Cinderin, other than like a lot of mm -hmm. small things like... Uh, you know, messing with the tick rate and whatnot. The buy system has been changed. Yes. There we go. So the buy menu, well, it's a combination of things. First, I'll start with the inventory system, which I never understood why they even did this with Counter-Strike, but you can equip different weapons. Uh, for example, in, the, in CSGO, you can equip an M4, a silenced version, and a non-silenced version, right? But you can only have one or the other. I always thought that was extremely weird. There was the Deagle or the Revolver, right? It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. And then T-Side has certain weapons that you can only equip for their side and some variation here and there for CT. Now, you have five weapons. I think it's five. Five weapons of pistols, mid-range, whatever the hell they call it, and then uh, rifles. And you can put mix and match basically any other than the ones that are specifically for CT or specifically for T. So, mm -hmm. example, you can have both M4s now that you can purchase right. for CT side, which I think is nice. That's um, nice. And on top of that, you the, the new buy system allows you to sell your weapons. That's the big addition. So there's no more wheel, which I know some people are going to be sad about, but I promise you, it's worse. Now the buy system allows you to sell all your stuff after you've bought it, as long as you haven't used it yet, and as long as the buy menu is usable. So... Like that is runs. the big change. Yeah. Kind of. It's not quite there. There's some improvements they can make, like requesting weapons. They don't... I know. Well, it, I guess what I'm saying is it's more like Valorant than yes. CS 1.6. Yes, indeed. Right? So... But that's the one thing that's missing now, I think. Uh, other than some small things, like it's not as easy to tell what people's weapons are, like the UI is kind of sketch, but... Right now in Valorant, if you right-click, let's say an M4 equivalent, it'll come up with a little dialog box uh, on everybody else's buy menu that says that you can purchase for that person. You can purchase it, and it spawns on them. That's what's the next thing that's needed for CS. So now that we're developing the buy menu finally... This is a balancing thing. This isn't just a UI thing. What do you think about the idea of being able to repair your Kevlar? In what capacity, exactly? You pay the percentage of health that it has lost to fill it up. So it's variable? Yeah. So right now, for example, let's say oh, your dynamic. Kevlar is at 90 out of 100. Buying a helm costs 1,000 when your Kevlar is 90 out of 100 because right. you need to buy Kevlar... That's 90 out of 100, and then buy the helm. If mm. your Kevlar is 100 out of 100, buying the helmet is 350, right? Yeah. Yeah, because your Kevlar's already full. But if it's taken even one damage, you're paying the full amount to replace it. Right. What if it cost, let's say the Kevlar is 650, right? Which means every health on the Kevlar costs six and a half, and then you just round up, and then you can buy the helm after. Is that too snowball-y for the winning team in round one? Is that the problem? Um, 
or I mean, it's it's an interesting it's just an archaic system it's just a weird thing i feel like like you it have is. a kevlar that's no, almost right. flawless and you need to pay full price to get one health on it that's one of those like original mechanics that people if you talk about it i'm sure a lot of people are like, oh you can't but it is i would agree that that is a weird thing that has been that has stayed in the game for so long i don't know if i mean there's definitely balance implications though that's the thing that would worry me the the if you look at it on the flip side isn't it also a little bit like how to say for the winning team of round one if you have Kevlar, which a lot of players start with round one, if you by chance in that round don't get hit by anything versus getting shot in the foot one time, mm. that makes a 650 difference right. for round two. Because players will buy helmet, right? If, they, if their Kevlar takes zero damage round one, it's just so valuable to pay 350 to get a helmet. Um, yeah. So arguably the, the variance between taking zero and one damage in round one is huge. Uh, whereas with the other system, the variance is way smaller, but the advantage of winning is just bigger. Mm. Like then the then the difference comes down to surviving versus dying, which I think is more interesting than not getting hit versus getting hit. Right. Um, but maybe it's too snowbally. I don't know. Maybe it's a problem that the because whoever wins round one has every has the enemy team. You it's extremely rare that round one goes by without everybody in one team dying. Right. Like mm. what are the odds of that? So. No, it's it's a it's an interesting game design question, actually. Keep in mind, Valorant does basically the same way, right? Their armor is a little bit different in how it works, but the buy thing mm -hmm. is exactly the same. You have to buy it fully if it takes damage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because if you could buy, like, I don't think it would be a good idea, gameplay or balance wise, to be able to buy the helmet by itself, for example, right? Yeah, for that sure, would be, that would be way too good. Uh, this reminded me of this is not that related, but reminded me of something that they implemented in Counter-Strike, I think it was Source, a long time ago. I don't know if you were around for these days. Uh, dynamic pricing, I think is what they called it. Does that ring any bells? I never played Source. It, I don't think it was 1.6. I'm pretty sure it was Source. But yeah, so they were obsessed. I remember Valve hired like a somebody for the economy, for the marketplace, you know, like an actual... Mm -hmm. Economist. Yeah, they had an economist. Yeah, I remember. And this. he worked in like the government for some country. I can't remember. Anyway, they they were obsessed with this whole idea. And as they were building the marketplace, they thought it would be interesting to <laughs> fully implement without choice into Counter Strike Source a dynamic price system for all weapons. So what that means, when you're buying an AK every round, like everyone does, the price mm -hmm. goes up for everyone throughout every game because everyone's purchasing that. Which means other weapons get cheaper. It was like that for like a month, I think. Everyone hated it. It was so awful. <laughs> I actually think it sounds really cool. It's but. When it first got introduced, I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. It was like, oh my God. They had to disable it for all like pro games and all that stuff, obviously. But mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting idea. And I think it's actually, I mean, back then you still have stats though. So you could easily balance. I was going to say like, you know, if everybody's buying the AK, obviously it's better than everything else. That, then you can nerf it. Just see how much the price is. Right. But I always thought that that was a hilarious thing that they added. Remember, like, the op was like 8K or something, like, obscenely high. <laughs> it's like you can barely afford it. Okay, like, I once mean, there has to be like a cap on the fluctuation, right? <laughs> I, don't I, mean, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's one of those things that's interesting in theory. And I think it sounds kind of fun because it encourages people to branch out and try different stuff. But in reality, it might just get frustrating because you can't get the weapon you want. Right. Yeah. So I could I could easily see it. Um sounds kind of fun though. So yeah, I'd like to is... try that for a day. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. It would be just for one day because then you'd be yeah. sick of it. So that's CS2. Uh I am a little surprised that they're doing it one map at a time just because um, unless this is like Yeah, now you get to play Mirage only. If it's like two week intervals, then fine. But at this rate, to go through however many maps they need to test, this is going to take till the end of the year. <laughs> you know, it's been yeah. dust two for three months or whatever it is, two and a half months. Do you uh, do you think they're going to deliver in the summer? I mean, they said CS two would come out late summer, right? Yeah. When does summer end? Is it August, September? August thirty first. They okay? No, there's no way. It's in two and a half months. That would be. I think the game's going to get delayed. Personally. I think so, too. And well, I think that is completely fine if it does. But I do think it's going to get delayed. Well, it depends on... 
what they meant by release. Like, is it an open beta then? Because I could see that. Like, I don't know why there's not more people. Oh, that's testing. true. I mean, they could release a beta in August. They could release the game to the public, but not say that it's finished. That's true. Yeah, I don't think by the end of the summer that this is going to be ready as an official game to replace CS:GO. But I do think a public open beta is feasible. That could happen. That's that's fair. I feel like they um, could do that now. I'm not sure why they. The have. first major on CS2 is in March, I think. So yeah, they have plenty of time. There's time. Yeah. So yeah, that's CS2, and in terms of like the netcode stuff, I didn't really get to play that much yet, but. Uh, the tick rate feels a little bit better for movement. I, it's really hard for me to tell because I haven't played that much 120 tick CS in a long time. And I don't know if they changed the way jumping works because like in Source, I used to bunny hop poorly, but I could bunny hop time to time. That's like the easiest way to test 128 mm. tick. Because 64 tick is like literally impossible to bunny hop without a script or something. So in this yeah. one, I don't, I don't know if they changed the way, like maybe I just suck even worse now at bunny hopping or they change how jumping works. Or the net code, or the tick rate's not as good as 128 tick. I don't know which one it is. But right. overall, the shooting feels good. So, All right, next topic is Reddit. Uh, so in June 12th, there's going to be a dark day where a ton of subreddits will go down for a lot of them are 48-hour period, and some of them are permanent because of, essentially, it's a protest against what Reddit is implementing which is, and I don't know as much as, about this as I should, I believe they are charging now a lot of money, apparently, for their API, to be able to use their API. Yes. And there's a lot of third-party yeah. apps that currently use it. I'm not exactly sure how many features like we would, on a day-to-day -day basis, use that we're not going to be able to have access to. Somebody was mentioning on my chat that a lot of the API currently is used to fight spam and bots for a lot of these subreddits, so there's not a good way to moderate without them. Uh, your thoughts on what's going on yeah. on Reddit? So I I personally use a on my phone. I use an app called Relay. So I'm already not using the official client myself. Um, and when I use my when I use Reddit on my PC on my browser, I use old Reddit because yeah. I don't like the new design. Um, I just think old Reddit is just superior in every way. That's just my I'm old, so I like old stuff. Does any, um, how about the, anybody in the comments of YouTube, tell us if you do not use old Reddit. <laughs> I've never met <laughs> anyone that has used new Reddit because it, it really is awful. Yeah, old Reddit is better. Um, yeah, what's my thoughts on this? I mean, I like it. I, I think whenever, I think whenever, whether this is tech or any, any industry, any company, whatever it is, if they're, if you're trying to push too aggressively and be, what is perceived as unreasonable, I, I think, you know, maybe you could increase the pricing to an extent, but the way this is happening sounds like it's effectively going to kill off a lot of stuff, and people's concerns with it is that Reddit is effectively trying to take control of, uh, of the market by shutting, effectively shutting down certain third-party apps, at least that can't afford the API so that more people use the official client. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, a lot of people are just going to use it less like but maybe they've done the research and they've done the math and they feel like they could lose many users and they could still be more profitable but the thing about it is that this kind of goes a lot against what reddit was meant like reddit's i forgot what the word isn't for this in english but like the their statement when the app was created what it was meant to be right it's like this happens to tons of apps and tons of companies and whatnot that they slowly but steadily deviate away from a bit of an idealistic approach and more and more toward a profit-driven approach. And it's a shame because I feel like there's plenty of ways to have a healthy medium where you can have a functioning, profitable company that doesn't go hyper-greed and still works and still makes good money. But stakeholders, you know, need more of that dough. So, um, so I like this protest. I think it's an intelligent way of doing it. I think... The problem is if all the subreddits did this for like a day or two, then you can take the hit as Reddit and be like, all right, people are pissed. We get it. You guys are going to protest for a day or two. Fine. What then? And it kind of turns into a power play. But subreddits, especially if it's bigger ones, shutting down indefinitely until things get changed is a pretty big hit for Reddit's business because some of the subreddits that do that are pretty big. Um, and that's obviously a huge part of the user base use 
like, I don't know how you use Reddit, right? But I'm assuming a lot of people, uh, if not most, have like their either their tailored front page or they just use the default one. And by nature of that, a lot of the content they interact with will be from the top 10 biggest subreddits. Um, I think way less people, if I were to guess, way fewer tailor it in such a way that a lot of the big ones aren't part of it. I think most people see Reddit videos, Reddit funny, Reddit, you know, those. Um, most people have that on their front page, I would guess. So, yeah, I don't know if what's going to be the outcome of this. Hopefully Reddit changed their perspective on it. But otherwise, this is the kind of thing that in the past and over time can make other apps shine, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, may maybe Reddit gets overtaken uh, if they make bad decisions. I will say this one, I don't know how much it affects me personally because I, I didn't even realize. Apparently, I'm using, I've been using the official Reddit app on my phone this whole time. Mm -hmm. I just, I mean... A lot of them are just called Reddit, so I didn't know what the difference was until now. Um, so I don't know how much this will affect me personally, but I agree that sometimes these companies just get too greedy. And I'm a bit worried because, I don't know, it's, there's a couple different perspectives. Like Twitter, for me, is I'm, it's just dead to me for the most part. I barely mm. use it anymore. Ever since Elon took over, I feel like it's just been... Kind of, I mean, even before that it was going downhill, it was for a better. While. And it's, it's to the point where I don't even want to use Twitter anymore. But it's like my main social that I use to like post stuff. So I still do that occasionally. Facebook's been dead to me for a long time. Instagram, yeah, ever I since Facebook so. took over, I think has gone way downhill. Uh, I don't use TikTok because I'm not in that generation apparently. So Reddit is like the main thing I use. Mm -hmm. And it's been untouched for the most part. Like you said, they came out with this new... I don't know how much this actually affects like the, the old .reddit or whatever, or res, res. I don't know how much it actually affects it, because if it does, then that's really bad, because I don't want to use any of the, you know, mm -hmm. the other shit that they have going on. But hopefully this doesn't go the same road or down the same road as every other social that has absolutely taken a dump. Because I thought... And we talked about Twitter with Elon taking over, how this could open up another social. It hasn't really, <laughs> nothing new. I mean, there's no. a couple of weird ones. I, I think I got accounts for one. I can't remember the name even at this point, but it feels like it's just the same old, same old for the most part. I think it's fascinating how when something happens like this in tech, how fast it happens and just understanding when and how mm. like a new app becomes a big thing, right? Because as much as we take certain apps for granted and we think like, quote unquote, they're unkillable or whatever, like let's say Facebook or Twitter, like even with things going very wrong or making bad decisions, they're still, you know, they're still there. They still have a lot of users. It's more about where did TikTok come from? Where did Instagram come from? Right. It's like the new ones when they were new. It was like you didn't really hear of them. And then everybody had one within a month. Right. Yeah. It's like. We haven't had we that in a while. We can say that these apps we have now are still thriving, but it's just a matter of, okay, when is the next wave coming? And for me, it's interesting, how does it start, right? Is it specific key people that start advocating for it? Is it advertisement, essentially? Is it just word of mouth? Is it influencers that get paid to spread it? And then if it's the right ones and it just hits at the perfect time, there's a lot of strategy that goes into it. And mm. Reddit isn't the only app of its kind, but the other ones just haven't been able to yeah to time it why was it reddit that one at the time it wasn't the only app that offered this kind of functionality um yeah but it just became the one so the the question for me is isn't when is the next thing or rather is the next thing coming because it will the question is is it going to be reddit's own fault <laughs> basically that people just get fed up, go somewhere else, and then it spreads like wildfire within a month, and then Reddit loses a huge part of its user base, and a new product just becomes the the new one. Because mm. I personally don't mind. Like, if there's another platform, if people move over, I don't care. Like, sure, I'll just use where where it's at. I don't have any loyalty or allegiance to the product uh, of Reddit. It's I'm using it because it's the one we use. Um, so. If there's some sort of wave that happens to a new thing, then sure. But I don't think this is a good look for Reddit, at least. Let's put it that way. 
the yeah. fact that a huge part of their product is shutting itself down is and that's my not to go on on this further but the ones that are going down for two days do you think that makes any difference I think to an extent because it's collective, but I would have loved to see more of them do it indefinitely. And I wouldn't mind if Dota did it as well. I mm. use Dota subreddit is easily the one I browse the absolute most, obviously. But if we put that down indefinitely as a statement, I think I would be in support of that. Um, and obviously, if you put it down indefinitely, it doesn't mean that you cannot revert it at any point ever unless your, mets, uh, your requests are met, right? It's not like you're putting your foot down and making a veto or whatever but mm. i think there's a bit more power to making it indefinite than putting a time on it because it, obviously if you just put a time on it then reddit can just gauge okay is this loss loss worth yeah, it and it i, I think the other thing to keep in mind is that this could become a bigger movement down the road still like yes. you have some subreddits that are going dark forever some only for two days but that's going to get a lot of word out right and then let's say the next domino falls where you know some feature that people like or whatever it is mm -hmm. that is when they'll be more open to okay we should join the cause as well and they just organized yeah. another one of these so it could snowball into something very bad for reddit uh yeah who knows and this next topic which is the final one we'll discuss kind of in the same vein is twitch i know this was i wouldn't say resolved per se but Mm -hmm. uh, Twitch updated their guidelines and I think they did they actually post it or did people just stumble upon it it says they uh, published I they, it I believe they posted it yeah yeah I so these will according to this this is what they had in writing what the new rules will be for Twitch as a whole these four points are the biggest ones on stream logos are limited to 3% of the screen size Burned in video ads are not allowed. Burned in display ads are not allowed. Burned in audio ads are not allowed. So I'm sure some of you guys have seen a bit of the outcry to this because this would be a gigantic change. Yes. And first, let's talk about what Twitch tweeted afterwards because they got a huge shitstorm towards them. This is what they tweeted. Today's branded content policy update was overly broad. This created confusion and frustration, and we apologize for that. We do not intend to limit streamers' ability to enter into direct relationships with sponsors, and we understand that this is an important part of how streamers earn revenue. We wanted to clarify our existing ad policy that was intended to prohibit third-party ad networks from selling burned-in video and display ads on Twitch, which is consistent with other services. We missed the mark with the policy language and we will rewrite the guidelines to be clear. Thank you for sharing your concern, blah, 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 blah. So that second line, or the, I guess it's the third tweet, we wanted to clarify our existing ads policy that was intended to prohibit third-party ad networks from selling burned-in video and display ads on Twitch. What does that mean exactly? So... Correct me if I'm wrong. A burned-in ad means that it is one that the streamer plays. Uh, they call on the stream, and it's part of the video or audio, or whatever they're outputting directly. So it's that means that Twitch can't moderate it, and it's not skippable in any way. Or it's, it's like not, the ESL. Any any tournament for Dota, they have yes. like ads in between, right? Like the exactly any ad that is play that is basically called by whoever's producing the stream. So let's say, for example, um, let's say with Manscaped that they had a short video clip that they wanted us to play, uh, or a short audio clip that they wanted us to play. That would be burned in because it is just a part of the streaming, like of the display that people get to see, right? Um, if you prohibit that completely, that is a huge blow to all sorts of content on Twitch because, like, if you think about it, a lot of the value for sponsors that sponsor any sort of tournament is the guarantee that their ads get played at key points, that they know that they're getting played a certain amount of times per day, uh, and they get to choose the exact format that the ads get delivered in. Uh, so they are in control of it. I'm confused because if they say they already have guidelines that prevent burned in stuff, then they haven't been following them at all. Or I don't understand what burned in is. Like, well, is it um, the burned in? The thing that I read. So third party ad networks they want to prevent them from selling burned in video display ads. 
that sounds like exactly what we're talking about, but I feel like maybe there's another meaning because it sounds like they maybe still want to do that. Maybe we just don't understand the terminology. Also, the 3% of screen size on stream logos, 3%. I think a lot of logos that even in pro tournaments, the logos are bigger than that. And obviously, the smaller they get, the less they're worth because it's about eye-catching. It's about the realistic chance that people get to see the ad and, and interact with it. Mm. So you you pay a lot for size when it comes to ads. Um, so th capping it there is very small, I think. But for me, that is the lesser one. It's the whole burned-in thing. Because if that actually gets implemented in some sort of form and gets enforced, then I think a lot of esports just don't make sense. Well, like, it's a bigger deal because the 3% thing, you can increase the number. This other one's binary. Mm -hmm. It's either a yes right. or a no, right? Yes. And I don't know, like, what's a third-party ad, ad network? Is it because there's, like, is it specifically third-party ad network ads that you can't play, but you can play third-party ads? So, for example, again, Manscaped. Manscaped is not an ad network. Manscaped is a company, and they want to advertise their, their product, right? Mm. But ad networks are effectively selling to companies that they have a package solution where they can get their whatever taken care of and they will put it in some sort of formula and and send it out to creators and and they will advertise that stuff is it specifically because twitch wants monopoly over the whole agency of it if you will whereas mm -hmm. individual ads are fine or i don't know i just feel like when i read this it does not sound defined at all but it might just be because we're not knowledgeable enough but i well that's, wonder if twitch themselves know what they that's want, the part honestly. that i wasn't like i said <laughs> the the burned in video ads we know what that means. It's the third-party ad network. I don't know what that means exactly. But either way, like if this went in, like of course they're going to rewrite it now to be more clear. But mm -hmm. this would... I don't... Is this exaggerating? I feel like this would kill Twitch, like legitimately. I think a lot of people would switch to YouTube. A lot. If like this would be the biggest hit this... ever to Twitch they've ever... I agree 100%. If they had. implement this, creators that are doing this for a living, whether they're small streamers or big streamers, I mean, small streamers doing it for a living is a bit of a stretch, but like if, you're, if you care about the revenue part of it and you're trying to grow and, and turn this into something profitable and something you can live off, this is, in all of the time I've used Twitch, this is the biggest hit to creators that I can think of. And that is on top of, we had the whole um, restructuring of ads and subscription revenue for example, which was also a big hit to some and less of a hit to others. And then you had the whole music situation that happened with DMCA takedowns and everything. That wasn't, that wasn't to be fair, that wasn't really Twitch's fault. They just had to cover their ass, right? But that, that also obviously was, was a big hassle for a lot of streamers. Um, but this one takes the cake. If it gets implemented in the way that we think it sounds like, and obviously the streamers came out in force and were like, they were up in arms instantly when this got posted. Like, there's no fucking way, right? Yeah, because again, similar to what we talked about with Reddit, it's not like Twitch is the only platform for this. You can stream on YouTube, like you said. There's the obviously Kick is making progress. A lot of it is a huge investment because they're buying really big streamers to come and stream on Kick, so they're paying a shit ton of money for the exposure. But if Twitch helps them out, they might just you know make it. Um, and then we've had Mixer that failed. Mixer did the same thing and ultimately folded, and that was obviously a huge loss. I would assume for Microsoft. They paid a lot of money to have certain people stream on there and it never really took off. But. It's also funny, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I don't feel terrible for Mixer. Um, but yeah, I, I think obviously, I also more... wouldn't feel terrible for Cake if it fails, but I also wouldn't feel terrible for Twitch if it gets overtaken or if they shoot themselves in the foot. Like, do better, you know? Like, yeah, what is we, this? We, we've been saying it for years. They need competition. The fact that it's yeah. 1080p, 6,000 bit rate, that's a fucking joke in the year 2023. YouTube has 4K streaming. I don't know what their bitrate is, but it's a hell of a lot higher than 6K. Mm -hmm. I, the quality difference is night and day. The fact that you can, I think on YouTube, you can rewind and stuff on live, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. I think the only thing that YouTube doesn't have for some reason is like good, like I don't even know where to go to watch YouTube live streams to this fucking day. YouTube's discoverability is absolutely so atrocious. bad. It's, this it's is why they need weird. to. Why don't they just make a new name 
it's still part of the YouTube infrastructure, but just call it like buttholemcgee.com. Well, people will go, go to there. that regardless because of the name, but like, <laughs> why does it need to have YouTube in the name? You know what I mean? Yeah, just make I, the competition for Twitch, make a literal Twitch copy using YouTube's infrastructure. What's the problem? I mean, I think it's some sort of a, how to say it's a, for YouTube, they're aiming for this kind of utopia where everything is in the same place. And I could see that, but if you want that, you have to do a better job with the UI. Like it's a horrible YouTube, UI. YouTube's video is like you said, it's their big selling point over Twitch. But the problem is the majority of people, it isn't the deal breaker for you, whether it's 1920 by 1080 or if it's 4k like that's not what's gonna what's gonna be the deal break for people it's whether the experience is intuitive easy and fun and youtube's chat is just not as fun as twitch in terms of like interactiveness and emotes and everything the navigating to find content is an absolute shit i actually cannot believe youtube has not done that better now it's they've had streaming for years their discoverability is absolutely awful and it's so poorly implemented and obviously for twitch it's easy because it's the only thing the platform is so obviously you can dedicate the entire ui to streaming because it's a streaming site and that's what you're saying with youtube what if they did the same but even if you keep youtube on the same why isn't there just an easy category an easy way to find okay i want to watch a stream i want to watch this type of content let me find it it's very you go to youtube.com and you and you're like you wouldn't think they're streaming on the site like yeah like there's nothing that indicates it like, i would not mind like, watching what? like some streamers on youtube like dr disrespect i've missed watching his stream every now and then on twitch i literally like the fact that i mean we're living in a new time where people are not like their attention span's terrible mine's pretty bad as well maybe not as bad as the new generation but I'm not willing to fucking find out how to find him streaming. Like I have to literally Google Dr. Disrespect live stream YouTube to find it. Like I don't know how the hell to get there because I don't subscribe to his actual YouTube. Yeah. And even if I do subscribe to his YouTube, okay, wh where's the live stream? Even section? if you still know. subscribe, it's still not intuitive. Like it's, yeah, it's something. Anyway, um, but yeah, let's see how this all plays out. Obviously, there's some speculation that this is a strategy that companies use when they bring bad news is that they will present some sort of change and then it's too radical. So it's like, can you get away with it? Okay, you couldn't. Now you can roll it back and it looks like you did good with the community when in reality, you still just did something that was mm -hmm. worse than what they had before. But now it looks like it redeemed, right? Yeah. Because um, it's always like you're comparing it to the worst of the worst. Like, yes. okay. I hate better. that this is a strategy. I absolutely fucking despise that that is an actual strategy and that it works, but it does. So, um, my gut says they will not implement it in the way that they announced it because it's just that's well. We should talk about it from a tournament much, standpoint yeah. as well, from a Dota standpoint. Mm -hmm. Even if this was implemented yeah. with the no third-party ads or whatever. I can't see ESL wanting to do Dota anymore. No. Until there's a an alternative to Twitch, which would take time, yes. right? It's not like it's going to be instantly. So you 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 can't I mean you can't it's just it's already hard enough to there make has money to on be, okay. Dota. Again, there has to be some sort of wording here that's really important for the legality of the whole thing that it has to be the whole ad network thing. Because if they would literally outright just ban third-party ads in the viewing, like, on the screen, you're killing everything that's competitive. Like, it is, surprise, surprise, the thing that's funding esports is advertisements. It's what, it's what allows tournaments to sell a product so they can pay talents, so they can pay players, so they can pay all of this. Like, somebody has to foot the bill. Mm. Who does Twitch think is going to do it? If it's like, I don't know. To me, that's a total no-brainer. So I, I kind of refuse to believe that that is how it gets implemented. But I feel like I say that more and more often, and shit happens. So <laughs> um, too much faith in humanity. It seems. Yeah, I'm I'm losing it by the by the day though. So don't worry, Shannon. In, in a couple years from now, we'll be the same person. Actually, <laughs> just uh, just I'd keep love it up. to go back to keep some up, old world. episodes and just see how bright and happy and Oh, optimistic yeah. you were as a young child three I years think ago I, should, I think i should not watch those 
because it's just going to make me depressed that mm. that I lost my spark, you know? Do you think it's my fault that you lost your spark? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Some would say I'm a, like a you're fungus. Just a you're know? just a catalyst. Because mm. because when we when we do our podcast, we talk about a lot of controversy and negative things that I might have not paid much attention to myself. So you've mm. basically just... It's like I've switched on the news more. And the more you watch the news, the worse the world is. So True. You've just switched on the news for me and and accelerated the process of realizing. Mm. Yeah, that's that. Cool. All right. So on that note, uh, thanks for watching. <laughs> thanks for watching, everybody. Another positive episode here at We Say Things. Like Cinderin oh, said, we will be in Sweden for the next couple weeks. So I would assume that we probably skip one episode. We'll and I would also assume that we will try to do at least one guest episode while we're there without well, promising anything. We like to do those would you in person. It is fun. Why would you say that? I didn't promise. I said we will try. It's always at the mercy of the other person wanting to do it we'll and being see. available. We'll see. I promised uh, but... it to somebody already and they're not at the event. So. Oh, well, that's kind of hard. That's why I wish you hadn't said anything, you know, because now it's going to be even more difficult. Anywho, uh, yeah, we'll we'll call it uh, call it here, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us as always. We'll see you guys hopefully watching Dream League season twenty with Cinder and I casting some of it. We'll be casting literally every day. Crazy! It's gonna be a lot of casting. Can't wait. All right, see yes. you guys. Peace. Bye. We say things that don't mean anything. Subscribe. But thanks for listening. Oh